Hi there, you're listening to the Estranged Heart Podcast, and I'm your host, Creed Revere. Welcome back to our returning listeners, and if this is your first time here, thank you for selecting this podcast to listen to. As we begin today's episode, I invite you to grab a cup of coffee or tea, settle in, and listen with an open heart. But first, the regular disclaimer. I am not a licensed therapist or counselor. Nothing within this podcast should be considered or taken as therapy. If you are in need of therapeutic support, such as counseling, please seek out a therapist near you. Hi there. We're back with part two of the interview with an estranged adult daughter. Uh, Her name is Santrice and Um, She continues with her story in today's episode. I believe there's going to be a part three to this. Um, It was a really long interview with her, and I I wanted to kind of break this up. So, um, yeah, part three is probably coming next week. So I hope that you will uh, give her story a bit of your time and um, that you can find some nuggets of wisdom there within, within that story as she tells it. And for today's quote, I will leave you with this. There is wisdom in every wound. On with part two of Santrice's story. Open to my mom. I was, I wanted to be open to her. I still do. You want you wanted a relationship with your mom. You wanted a an emotional connection mm-hmm. and relationship with your mom, not just a physical one with physical things and material mm-hmm. things, etc. So yes, right. absolutely. Okay, all right. So <clears throat> so you here you are. You're in college. You're working. You're independent. You're doing your thing. Mm-hmm. What what happens next? Oh, so what happens next? So four years past 26, I got let go at the hotel. Um, decided to quit school because the hotel at the time I was in hospitality. I was a general manager. Um, I couldn't go to school. So I, I was working full time and then I got let go, which led me to end up back at my mom's. <laughs> I laugh to say this because I thought I learned my lesson to be better prepared, but I was so happy between 22 and 26. I was not responsible with my money. I, I didn't have a lot of savings. So that's what led me back to my mom's house. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have enough savings account savings to wait for another job to come. But then that was also around the time recession, I think happened 2009, 2010. A lot of people were being let go anyway. Mm -hmm. So I ended up having to move back in with my mom. So I left Sacramento to move back here to Arizona, which is where I currently reside. And I don't mind sharing that. <laughs> um, I lived with her, uh, moved in with her. And she was super excited to have me come. Because now I'm 26. I've, I guess, proved to her that I'm independent. I'm educated and... I'm, I guess, selfless because she's always seen me as a selfish person. Like I don't consider her feelings or some in some shape, form or fashion. So she's like, I'm so excited, you know, to have you move back in with me. And in the meantime, like, this is the last thing I want to do. I'm scared. What is that? I'm emotionally just 
like, oh, how did this, how did I get here? Why am I moving back in with my mom? What did I do wrong? <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. I have to move in with my mom at 26 years old. So I move in with her. Um, this, this time lasted us eight months. Uh, we got into it again and it had to, the, the topic is you are disrespectful. Mm. You don't listen to me. You talk back and you got to get out. That was the, that's always the thing. This is now my second time moving back in with my mom. It was the first moving in from my uncle with, from my uncle's house to her. Then now, cause I don't have a job or savings to lean on to save my life. I needed her. And she kicks me out in eight months. She's like, you got to go. So thank goodness I did land a career, which I still maintain in a financial institution. And I moved into an apartment. Now we're not estranged. I didn't choose estrangement. Now we live in the same state. So it's harder, right? It's harder because now I live in the same state, state down the street from her. I kind of feel obligated to maintain good ties with her, right? And do well and be in, in her favor. So I'm working. I make some good money. I get an apartment. Now, because I'm working in this financial institution, I'm motivated and inspired to become a homeowner. So guess what I do? I ask my mom, can I move in with you? I want to buy a house and I want to save some money. Oh, I will, yeah, come back. I want to make sure I want, as your mother, I want to help you create a better life save some money. Why don't you come stay with me? I won't charge you rent and stay with me and save as much as you can. And uh, so you can buy your house. I said, yeah, I want to be just like you. You bought a house when you're 30 years old and I want to do the same thing. I was inspired. So try it again. Now I'm 28. I, I believe I am 28 now and I'm saving. Eight months go by. Guess what happens? I don't know what it is about this eight month. <laughs> <laughs> yes I'm kicked out again you got to go and again same thing you're so disrespectful and you talk back and I'm tired of it not because I'm not helping with something not because I I'm abusing her it's has something to do with she told me something and I said no I either probably disagreed or questioned it like right that doesn't apply to me, mom. Like, I get that you're trying to help, but no, like, I feel like that if I don't follow her, all her advice is being disrespectful or not listening. Mm. So you got to go. You're disrespectful. You talk back. You're not welcome here. You can't come back. <laughs> I said, okay, well, I moved into an apartment again. This is now delaying my home buying process. So I moved into an apartment, got me a house a year later. I was able to manage to get a house perfect timing. The it was a seller's or buyer's market at the time. Got me a beautiful house and moved in. And uh my mom was there, of course. My mom was there for this big milestone. Of course, but we're not on good terms. We are just cordial. Um, and she's but she's actually because she's my mom, she's supportive, she's happy for me. I see it, but we're still cordial. It's very awkward. We're still like, um, on eggshells with each other. Okay. Okay. So we're good with that. Now I want to fast forward a little bit. Please stop me if you want to have me elaborate somewhere. I have my house for two and a half years. And my mom says, um, I, I remember calling my mom. I was like, oh, mom, this commute is hard. 
I was commuting back and forth to and from work. Uh, it was an hour each way to work, an hour back home. She was like, oh, well, Stan, I'm thinking about uh, transferring my job. I'm thinking about relocating. So how about this? Why don't you move in to the house that I live in? When, when I move out, you can have this house. I only owe this amount of money. If you pay it off, you can have it. And you sell your house. You can use what you make off of that to pay off any debt you have, like your student loans. I was like, oh, okay, mom, I'll think about it. Now, this is what makes her mad because I didn't agree with it. I didn't agree with mm, the deal. It just sounded too good to be true for one. And mm -hmm. two, now I'm at this point where I don't trust her. I don't trust her. Feels somewhere control. Something about this seems controlling. Oh, why would I leave this beautiful house I bought on my own? Yes, I'm complaining about commuting, but it's not big enough for me to sell my house. But she makes a good point. I should pay off my student loans with the money I just aren't made off of, the equity. So I left it alone. I never brought it up anymore because I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't even want to tell her why because I didn't want it to hurt her feelings. Again, I'm considering her feelings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I didn't want to tell her I didn't trust her either. <laughs> so right. I just would never bring it up. She well, I think I, I think that's a, an important piece to yeah. stop and recognize too, because mm -hmm. as you you know you move back in with her, and mm -hmm. you know I mean today's world is vastly different than it was yeah. 30, 40 years ago when mm -hmm. you could move out and buy a house for you know thirty thousand dollars and um right. call it good for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. So so here you are. You're single, you're independent, you're trying to, to better your life. Uh -huh. You're moving in with your mom and then she throws you out. And then you uh -huh. move back in with your mom and she throws you out. Yes. And each time this is happening, yes, it's it's under the for the reasons that you are being disrespectful and uh -huh. that you, you know, and for you, you're understanding, oh, disrespectful means I'm not being obedient to what she uh -huh. wants. I'm exactly. not doing exactly what she wants, when she wants, how she wants, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And so this begins to build what you're talking about now, this yes. distrust with the parent, because her behaviors have laid a pattern out mm -hmm. that you have seen over and over and over again. And as the story will reveal, still as an adult child yep. because we are always seeking that relationship with a parent yes regardless of seeing you've just laid out like i'm beginning to see this pattern i'm throwing you know i go move back in and she throws me out i move <laughs> back in and she throws me out you you are recognizing this behavior and this pattern and still you are seeking and wanting to try again yes okay Pick up I'm you're... still wanting to, yes, I still want her validation, af affirmations, her, yeah, everything. So when I'm in this house and uh, I'm thinking about the proposal she gave to me, and when she says this to me, the second time she brings it up, she says, Dan, you know, this is probably a good time to sell your house. This is probably a good time for you. Like, wouldn't you want just a better lifestyle? Like, I think you're like, you would have a better work-life balance if you just live closer to work. Mom, and she, the <laughs> the things mothers to say, she would always say, mama wouldn't do, any, do anything to misguide you or mislead you. You don't trust your mama. 
Mama love you. Mama would never tell you anything to harm you or hurt you. I'm here to help you. That was always something she would preface to win the argument, I feel like. That was, to me, manipulation and also control. Mm-hmm. Now that looking back at it, but at the time I'm hearing it, it felt like she's right. Mama's always right. I feel guilty for not listening to my mom. Also, while she's saying that, I feel guilty because now she's she's revealed me. She's revealed that I don't trust her. How do you not trust your mama? That's what she would say. How do you not trust your mama? Mm-hmm. And I was like, because I don't. Like in my heart, I'm literally saying, right. I don't. What if I move out of my house, my safety nets that I worked really hard to get on my own without your assistance and you put me out again? Mm-hmm. You tell, that's that was my biggest fear. But because she played the guilt trip and I fell for it, guess what I did? I sell my house. I sell my house and I put my my profits into a savings account. Now, this is another way I'm looking back at it. I didn't realize this until now that this was another controlling tactic. She says, you're going to take that money. You're going to pay off your student loans. But when you move into my house, you're going to pay the same amount of money um that she paid on your house because she bought her house this house that I moved into this house she bought for fifty thousand dollars it was a foreclosure during the Mm -hmm. recession so she got a really good deal on it the mortgage was only four hundred dollars so she's like I want you to pay what you pay on your mortgage now but here that'll get you to pay off the house sooner and when you pay off the house it's yours you're my only child who else am I gonna give it to I said, well, I mean, hey, I can afford it. I mean, I, I was paying $100 anyway. Why not pay 100 But she was telling me what to do with my own money that I made from the house. Like, you're going to pay off your student loans, and then you're going to start paying this, that, and other at this house. And you're going to upkeep it. A couple of weeks later, she came over. After, this is after I sold my house, got my check, and she comes over to the house, her house, and what she owns, we didn't put anything in my name. And she comes over and she says, hey, did you pay off your student loans? I said, no. And she says, why not? And Creed, when I tell you, I was so scared to tell her why I didn't do what she said. I was like, oh, here we go. She's going to kick me out because I'm disrespecting her. I didn't follow her rules or conditions. She says, why not? And I said, because I'm scared if you kick me out. I need a safety nest to fall back on. I really want, I will be comfortable with my money in my savings account. I will make payments as I see fit or comfortable on my student loans. And Chris, she did exactly what I thought she was going to do. She said, I made all these sacrifices for you. I I didn't have to let you move into this house. I could have sold this house and made blah, blah, blah on it so I could pay off my new house in cash. And you said, duh, 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 duh. like she went off. And now she says, she didn't kick me out. She said, if you were so scared, I was going to kick you out. Why'd you move here in the first place? Mm. And I was thinking, because you told me to. <laughs> I was thinking, because mm. you said, Centuries, how come I don't trust? How come you don't trust your mama? Your mama wants you to have a better life. If I could do anything to make you happy, if I could do anything to make your life better, is move into this house where the mortgage is only $400 a month make extra payments on the principal so you can pay it off. You can have this house. I don't want this house. I did it. I followed that advice. I've been doing that. But now you're mad because I didn't take what I made off the house. I financed, I paid for. 
to put it on my student loans when it could be my safety, my my nest egg for me later? What if I have plans to do something with it? You get mad at me and say, again, I'm being disrespectful. Right. Not obedient. obedient. And this is, and this is that you, you know, when I, when I'm talking about behaviors, I'm, I'm forever saying, look beneath the behaviors. There's a reason why people are doing the things that they're doing. Mm -hmm. There was a reason why you did not want to pay off your student loans. There was a reason why you want, you felt because of experiencing this pattern of behaviors with your mom that you were as much as you loved your mom and wanted to still have this relationship with your mom and trust her everything to work out well and do all the things mm -hmm. there was still a part of you that was resistant and scared that if i do this it's not going to work based off of past experiences correct correct yes, yes. So that yes, I, I I want so bad to trust her. I wanted right. so bad to, to, I kept giving her opportunities to show, okay, mom, if you do want me to be happy, can I fit, can I do what I want or will with my own money? I earned off the, the house that I purchased or the equity from it. Um, that was hard. That was really hard. So because I felt threatened that she's gonna kick me out, you know what I did? Cause I so disrespectful. I ended up taking that money and paying off paying off part of my student loans. It wasn't enough to pay all of it off, but it was enough to take off a big chunk of it. Mm -hmm. Now I feel like now all I can do is rely on my mom. Mm. Now I feel like if something doesn't happen to me, because now I don't have this safety nest egg that I felt secure with. If something was to happen, I need my mom. I'm going to need my mom because she's all I have. I'm now put in a position where I'm not independent. I'm now put in a position where I'm financially like I worked <laughs> like I'm just I don't know. I she put me there. She's putting me there and I'm trying to also prove to her that I'm not as disrespectful as you say I am. I'm not diso I'm not disobedient and even then I wasn't thinking like that then, but I just kept wanting to prove to her I'm not this child. I'm not this daughter that you keep telling me I am. Like what do I need to do? to make you see I'm not disrespectful. I'm taking care of this house you said can be mine. I am paying the bills. I don't have, I still don't even have random people coming over this house out of respect for you um, because you didn't make this my house yet. Like you're not putting anything in my name, but you mm -hmm. wanted me to take care of this house as though it is mine. Uh, I just, I, I, I just keep, looking back and like how many ways can I prove to you that I'm I'm worthy I am worthy for you to trust me I am an adult who makes adult decisions I am I can be independent but you won't let me I think you when I once I'm independent you have this fear that I don't need you yeah then you put me in a situation where now I gotta rely on you when I was completely fine commuting back and forth Yes, I complained about it, but I didn't need a solution to it. <laughs> like, right, right. I, um, yeah, you know, one one of the things help help the listeners to understand because I I can imagine that this question is popping up for for mm -hmm. some of the parents who are listening is 
you were an adult you could have told your mom no mm. why why did you why did you say yes I, that question is <laughs> loaded because I'm emotional when I hear that yes I was an adult but I was raised in fear you do yeah. not say you do not say no to a black mother okay <laughs> you don't say no to a uh, a single black mother who did all the sacrifices what no uh, she would almost look at you like she can kill you with your eyes like <laughs> it would be it would almost be like I might as well hang myself if I said no to her I was fear I'm still scared of my mom I'm bigger than she is but yet I'm scared of her to death mm -hmm. um I I was raised by fear. I've never been able to say no to my mom. Even then, when I when I told my mom I don't want to spend my money, on, that was the hardest thing for me to speak up for myself then. And right. she did exactly what she did, or what I thought she would do. And you would think that would make me more courage to, if I could predict my mom's reactions. You think that would give me more courage to say no, no, because I don't like confrontation. I've never been comfortable with confrontation. I've never been comfortable with my mom mad or angry at me well you've 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 had fear around that what mm -hmm. you just said you were fearful of her being mad her yes. being angry mm -hmm. her being disappointed in mm -hmm. you etc mm -hmm. and and i think that this is something that you know again this is not your story is not every estrangement story but right. this is i think this background information is so mm -hmm. important for parents to begin to understand things from the perspective of the adult child you you when we are when we are born into and raised in fear mm -hmm. it colors your entire world until such time as you deal with that trauma because that is that is trauma when you are raised being scared to death and this mm -hmm. was this was the story with my girls because i was so controlling Mm -hmm. my girls will tell you today when you just <laughs> Santrice, when you just said you you know she could kill you looking just looking with her eyes my kids have said that exact same thing mm -hmm. about me that i all i had to do was look at them mm -hmm. and they they will tell you we stopped what we were doing because we were scared to death of what the response was going to be mm -hmm. and so when you are a human being and you are raised in that mm -hmm. you you don't just you know when you become an adult go okay all that's over with and now i can stand up it remains with you and remains with that relationship and that is what i want our listeners to understand is that whatever the circumstances are that you that children are raised in mm -hmm. is what it is the foundation of their life as an adult. Right. I imagine, I haven't asked you this, but I would imagine that you probably have a very, um, there's probably a piece of you that fears anyone in any sort of authority position of letting them down or saying no mm -hmm. to them or speaking up and speaking, mm -hmm. you know, from your place of internal power that you can't do that because that's a person of authority just like your mom mm -hmm. right and so if you're raised in that fear you carry that through and so we could see that in for adult children in their 
careers. Mm-hmm. So if, with a with a boss, an employer, what have you, as well as in romantic relationships. So they get into marriages. Yeah. And if there's this fear or, you know, I can't do this because then this is going to be the result, the consequences of these actions, then that plays out in all these other relationships as well. Would would you, do you uh, agree with that? With 100%. has that spilled into my external relationships as it relates to my career, um, friendships, romantic life. It bleeds into that because I I am at heart now a people pleaser. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, it hurts me because I'm not always happy 100% because what? And I, I don't... How do I put this? I feel like I, even though I'm not happy a hundred percent, I feel like as long as the other person is happy, I'm happy. Cause they're not, they're not going to talk about me behind my back or, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's probably just, that's just unrealistic to think, but it's my reality. Right. I, I feel like yeah. as long as my boss is happy, uh, my friends are happy. I'll be happy. Even though this is not authentic Santrice, I'm still learning who Santrice is. I have no idea who she, I'm learning who she is, but, and I'm coming to see the idea, but not until the last two years of having therapy, did I know who Santrice truly was authentically and organically without people pleasing, because I didn't know what brought, made me happy. I have, right. I didn't know. I had, well, there's no, no there's, you had no representation of that. You, mm-hmm. what, because you said in the beginning, when you were happy as a child and laughing or giggling and you know, being expressive, that was quickly shut down. That was like, no, no, we're not having any of that. Mm -hmm. And so you had to adapt to, oh, the way that I can be happy is making that person happy. Because if that person is happy, then they're not yelling at me. They're not punishing me. Mm -hmm. They're not doing all these things. And so then I equate that with happiness when that's Mm -hmm. really not what happened. That's not the definition of happiness, right? It's an adaptation that you develop based off of how you were raised. Mm-hmm. So yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Like, yes, you said a mouthful. I like the fact that you said turning into an adult was not the end all be all. It was not a magic pill I can take to cure all my issues. It yeah. bled into the issues or into my life now. Um, I thought as a kid, I thought being becoming an adult was my <laughs> was going to be the solution to my issues. And here I am, 36 years old, and I'm still dealing with it. If, and it feels right. worse. It feels worse because now, because I am 36, I have the responsibility to myself and to my younger self, my younger child to do the things, to speak up for myself and communicate. But how do you do that when you have a parent who is in still fear, never allowed you the or never allowed you or encouraged you the the safe space to articulate your thoughts or exhibit patience. My mom is yeah. n- definitely not patient at all. Yeah. Uh, so it's just, I thought I would be in a better, I thought I would be in a different place because I'm third, an adult now. Yet I still feel like a child. I never thought I would feel still like a child that's stuck at 10 years old at 36 because I have to, and I, I still have to hurdle 
and navigate the, this relationship with my mom. And I, I'm trying not to use the word toxic or um, narcissistic relationship. Although those are there, those are factors. But I'm also considering though, my mom just didn't know how to love me in a healthy way because she didn't receive it. Like there's sympathy there for me to her because I, I'm always considering my mom. I'm always considering the thoughts, although she thinks I don't. Although she thinks I'm selfish because I'm the you're so selfish. You don't think about me and my feelings. And I'm like, but I do. I just don't think about them in the way you want me to. Cause I don't know, you never communicated what you want me to do. I'm just considering them differently. I'm to process it differently. Right. And you're you're processing it differently because she wasn't able to articulate it in instead of being able to articulate it mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. in a way that you could receive she demanded it from you she she made demands yes that you you meet her with these demands yes um, these expectations that she had for you and i mean if we go back again not an excuse but if we continue if we, if we follow the lineage back i'm mm-hmm. sure that, that was what was done to you know, her mom and right. her mom and, and and so on and so forth and so here you are, you've come into, into this world and now you're, you know, you're kind of like, I mean, for lack of a better term, the black sheep of the family, because you're breaking this cycle. You're saying, yes. I, this is crazy making like this. I don't know here. You just said it. I'm 36 years old. I feel like I'm a 10 year old. I you know, trying to figure out who I am. Mm-hmm. I've got all this stuff that I'm trying to sort out mm-hmm. and I, at the same time, you're like, I have sympathy for my mom. Mm-hmm. I know she was a single mom. I know she only knew what she knew. At the same time, she hurt me. <laughs> Would that be correct? That is so correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was just, that came out of my mouth earlier this morning. Yes, I have sympathy for my mom. I see seeked out healing through trying to understand her perspective and her point of view by for my healing but also to do her healing part I guess I'm I'm not sure if that makes any sense but at the same time it's not an excuse for her to continue to have this relationship the way we have it I feel like I want her I want her to want want a healthy relationship with me I want her to want this I want to stop right there for just a moment because that's important I want my mom to want to have a healthy relationship with me. Mm-hmm. Ah, I want my mom to want to have a healthy relationship with me. Absolutely. That is so powerful. And that's what I hear. And I tell moms because there's so many moms that I work with that say, my kids hate me. They don't love me. They don't this, that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, that's not true. That's not true. No, It really isn't true. What they're wanting Mm -hmm. is a healthy relationship between parent and adult child. Mm -hmm. Right. And regardless of how old that adult child is, I'm I'm in my mid fifties. I still want a close, emotional, emotionally healthy relationship 
with my parents. Yeah. It's something, as long as it's a need and a want that is not fulfilled, mm -hmm. we will go throughout our lives try, seek, trying to do anything we can to seek it out. And that is why when, when, when parents tell me, you know, I, I don't know where this came from. I'm like, your child taught, you tried over and over. Like we mm -hmm. just said, you've, you went through all of these I move in and she throws me out. I go back and she throws me out. I go back and she throws mm -hmm. me out. Like I, it's this repetitive cycle because they are trying their best to mm -hmm. figure out a way to stay connected yes, and be able to take care of themselves. Yes. And I thought taking care of myself was wanting this relationship, no matter what it looked like with my mom, as mm. healthy as it was, I just the older I got, the more I was like, I can't live my life without talking to my mom. I just don't, I, how could I do that? What kind of child would I be to not see about my mom? That's not me. That's not who I want to be. That's not who I am going to be. I, I couldn't fathom a, a choosing estrangement. I didn't even know what estrangement was until recently. <laughs> this is a new journey for me. And I, yeah, I still do want a relationship with my mom, but this time around, because I know what's best for me this time around, I want it. I, she has to want to find, to learn what healthy love looks like. Yes. I know my mom loves me because naturally she's a mom. Moms unconditionally love their children. The moment they find out they're pregnant sometimes, or when they're, the baby is born, but I want my mom to learn to love me new in a new way. I want mm. to to give birth to that love. I want to appreciate what we've been through, but then I, but I want to discover and redefine our love. I feel like it's a, I feel like it's out there. Mm. Give birth to a new love. Oh my gosh! Like, wow, mm -hmm. wow! How beautiful is that? If we stop and think about using and 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 i've used this as an as an example of estrangement as you know like a like a pregnancy it's a time mm -hmm. of separation you don't know exactly like when a woman's pregnant she doesn't know exactly what's happening on the inside right you know but we have to kind of just go along with it mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. here we are and so we're along for the ride and how beautiful is it to take this time during the estrangement to conceive and nurture and grow something new and healthy and beautiful mm -hmm. and loving and kind and reciprocal for both yes parties that's so unbelievably beautiful ah This brings this episode to a close. I hope that this time together was time you feel well spent and that you are able to find some takeaway nuggets to help you on your journey, wherever you may be on your estrangement and reconciliation path. If you feel you've received something helpful or positive from this podcast, please consider following us, sharing this podcast with others, leaving a positive review, perhaps entertaining becoming a guest on our show, or following us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok under the same name, The Estranged Heart. As a reminder, there is an online support group on Facebook. If you are a estranged mom 
who identifies as being spiritual and approaches estrangement with a sense of curiosity rather than blame and judgment and desire to do inner self-work and reflection, please seek us out. We can be found at facebook.com backslash estranged mothers support group. And lastly, if you are an estranged parent or an estranged adult child and would like to have your story shared on the podcast anonymously or not, please reach out to me via email at theestrangedheart at gmail.com.